Hello, and welcome to the Designing with Love podcast. I am your host, Jackie Pellegrin, where my goal is to bring you information, tips, and tricks as an instructional designer. Hello, GCU students and alumni. Welcome to episode two of the Designing with Love podcast. In this episode, I will be discussing what microlearning is and what to look for. So in this episode, I will go over a general definition of microlearning, the benefits of microlearning, some different content types that you can consider when you're creating microlearning, and some design tips to also consider when you are creating this type of learning for individuals. So to start off, microlearning has become very popular, especially over the last year or so. Now, in case you have not used Articulate Rise 360, they recently have included a microlearning content type in the suite. So what's nice about that in Rise 360 is that you can create web-based e-learning. And now when you go to click on the dropdown, you can select that. So what's wonderful about that is that it takes the guesswork out of that and there are templates available. So make sure to go check that out. So let's dive into the general definition of microlearning. Now, if you were to go on Google and do a search for microlearning definition, you would probably come up with a good amount of different types of definitions. So it seems like there's really no standard definition of microlearning. However, when I was searching around wanting to find something that was concise and to the point, I found a really great textbook through the GCU library. And it gave this wonderful definition that I want to share with you that you can remember quite well. All it states is microlearning is an educational experience that is focused, short, and effective. So remember those three key words. And I'll break these down a little bit too, which it does in the textbook. So focused is the first term that is used in that definition. That means that you have small, discrete units of learning. And they're generally a single learning objective or single reinforcement activity. So keep that in mind as you are thinking about microlearning. You want to focus on that single learning objective. The second term is short. So because the focus is on a single learning objective, the learning activity will naturally be short in duration. Now, sometimes people will ask, well, what is microlearning as far as how long should it be or how short should it be? Now, I've seen some information about that from different experts. And while there's really no standard length or anything like that for microlearning, let's go back to the focused. You're focusing on a single objective. So if you find that with your microlearning that you're starting to create things that are focused on more than one objective or you're you're generally going to cause cognitive load for your learners, then you might want to scale back or you might want to break up the content into multiple units. And then third, we have effective. So to ensure effectiveness of the microlearning, you'll want to consider the use of educational learning theories, modalities, and the use of instructional technology to ensure the learning objectives are achieved. So make sure to kind of think about that too when you're thinking about microlearning. Again, focused, short, and effective. 
So now let's move on to the benefits of microlearning. So there's some that were that I found online that are really great. And and to me, I think it's wonderful to see that there are some benefits out there. So one of them is microlearning is faster to deliver. And generally because as we saw in the definition, it's short. So typically microlearning should not take as much time for you to develop and to be able to deliver to your learners as well. So that's one key benefit. Also, it's more affordable, kind of goes in line with being faster to deliver. So because they're short, you can do it at a lower cost, which makes it great. Also, another benefit is microlearning is more flexible. If you think about general e-learning, where you have multiple units or you have multiple lessons built within that, think about how much time it takes to do that. You have to put together your storyboard and you have to do all of those different things along the way and get your technology just right. But what's nice about microlearning is it provides flexibility and be able to take that one unit, that one learning objective and focus just on that. Also, another benefit is that learners find it more engaging. Think about how learners are today. And even just with social media, we like to learn things in chunks and little bits. So it's great when you can chunk that information and engage your learners. And so that's the, another benefit of microlearning. Also, microlearning helps to boost knowledge retention. Again, we go back to that engagement. And also, we think about cognitive load, right? So if we have something that's longer, it's going to take learners more time to retain that. And you're going to have to repeat concepts and principles over and over again in order for it to stick. So if you're looking for something where you need on-the-job type of training, where they can learn it in, in little bits and pieces and then take it on the job and apply it right away, microlearning is a great way to do that so that they can retain it and use it. And finally, microlearning gives learners more freedom. So with that, learners can say to themselves, well, great, this is a short little e-learning, maybe 15 minutes, I can learn it between my calls on, on break or something like that, if they work in customer service or if they're out on the field, they can have a tablet in their hand and they can learn that. So it's great because learners can have more flexibility and they may not have to sit down for an hour and take a whole entire learning course. You can break it up into 15 minute chunks or something like that. And it's quick, easy, and ready to go for them. Now let's move on to the content types. So there's different types of content types. Now there's more out there, but I'm just gonna use a few that that are available that are pretty popular that you can use when it comes to microlearning. So the first type is brief text. Now these are considered phrases and short paragraphs. Next, we have images. Those are considered photos and illustrations. Third, there are short and focused videos. A lot of learners are kinesthetic learners, so those might be a great option for you to think about with those videos. And then also along those same lines, you have short audio snippets of speech or music. So if you have auditory learners, something that you wanna get across to them in an auditory way, 
you can consider that. The next one is infographics. For that, you'll want to kind of make sure that you limit it to one page, probably no more than, than that. Because if you start to get into more than one page with infographics, again, you run into the danger of causing cognitive load for your learners. And then another way you can do that is short e-learning modules, which I've kind of talked about a little bit earlier. So that's another way you can do that. And then last but not least, you can do micro challenges and games. Those are really great as well. One tool that I found really helpful for that is a tool called Genially. And it's spelled G as in good, E-N-I-A-L-L-Y, Genially. It's an interactive tool, so feel free to check it out. They provide different micro challenges and games on there as well, like escape rooms and puzzles and things like that. So it's really great. And some of them look like they're for K through 12 education, but there's also some that can be used for higher education and adult learning as well. So feel free to check those out. Finally, let's take a few minutes to go over some design tips, because these are important to consider when you are creating micro learning. So first, you'll want to use concise narration and on-screen text. And then you'll want to also eliminate extraneous words. So what that means is that when you're doing your narration, make sure not to use filler words. That's the extraneous words like um and uh and ah and okay, things like that. And also jargon and, and things like that. And unless it's something that the staff or the learners know about, you'll want to make sure to kind of keep it simple with your concise narration and also the on-screen text as well, because we want to follow Merrill's principles of multimedia, right? With that. Next, you'll want to keep the language simple and casual, which I kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, but just make sure that it's not too academic in nature. Um, it's nice to be able to have something where you can, someone can learn about something and it's not too stuffy. So uh, it's nice when it's more conversational, like you're having that two-way conversation with somebody. Next, you'll want to keep your text and related graphics close together. So that follows the coherence principle from Merrill's Principles of Multimedia. So make sure that things aren't too far apart and you have things close together. Next, you'll want to ensure the design is simple enough so the audience knows where to look for the information. The last thing you want in a microlearning is for your learners to be confused and not know where to find something. So make sure things are in an easy to find location, such as resources and links and things like that. Also, you'll want to ensure there is no latency between the voiceover audio and the visuals or animation. What that means is that you don't want to have your audio just come in and then you have your animation or your visuals come in behind that or two or three seconds too late. I've seen that happen before in e-learning specifically and even, all, even in micro-learning as well. So there's nothing more distracting than having something like that happen where your visual or your animation comes in first and then your audio comes in or vice versa. So just make sure things are lined up and things coincide with each other. Also, you'll want to use voiceover or graphics 
and then limit the use of on-screen text. I've seen this before too, where there's so much text on each screen and it's overwhelming for the learner. And so make sure to use some graphics in place of that, such as icons and make them, you can make them a certain color or you can color code things. And that really helps. And that helps draw the learner to that and creates that visual auditory element for them as well. And then finally, if there is video narration, you'll want to provide an on and an off option for both narration and closed captioning. So this will help when it comes to accessibility purposes. And you want to also give your learners in that sense of flexibility, like I mentioned, the benefits of microlearning, give them that freedom that and that flexibility. So I've seen this too, where e-learning will not have an opportunity to have learners do that. So make sure that you do have that. And also, if you are going to have something that's going to be automatic in your e-learning from going from slide to slide, that you let learners know that in the beginning so they're, they're prepared. And also, I would let them know up front that there is going to be narration. So that way, if they need to put headphones on, they can do that. And they're prepared in that sense, too. So hopefully all of these have helped to give you a little bit more information. So again, we've gone over the general definition. Then we've covered the benefits of microlearning, the different content types, and some design tips to help you be successful in creating your microlearning assets. So here's to wonderful e-learning. And I hope that you're able to create some wonderful microlearning for your learners to help get them excited and engaged in your content. Thank you so much for your time and listening and make sure to leave a like on the episode and share it with others. Have a great day. Thank you for taking some time to listen to this podcast episode today. Please take a moment to like the episode and share it with others so they can learn about this topic as well. Have a great day.